Good morning, and the conversation begins this Super Bowl Sunday, 2018. My name's Peter Solomon, and it's going to be a eh, weather-wise Super Bowl Sunday. But no matter where you go, the action's going to be hot, whether it's here on 94 WIP or out there in Minneapolis. When we come back in just a minute, Bob Newman, my commentator on all things political, Spin Doctor Extraordinaire. But before we begin with Bob, it's important for me to point out, I have been accused of being anti-Trump, and I'm not. It's my obligation, and I believe that very strongly, to present both sides of an argument or an issue. And if you could find me someone who can take up the Republican presidential point of view on so many of these issues, I'd like to talk to them. So please get in touch with me here at WIP. But putting that aside for a minute, when we come back after these messages, Bob Newman, Newman Communications, Spin Doctor Extraordinaire, we're going to talk about recent events in Washington. There's so much going on. All this and more coming up here on 94 WIP. My name's Peter Solomon. More in just a bit. And we're back, and we're talking all things political, Washington, D.C., and a whole lot more with my spin doctor extraordinaire, Bob Newman, Newman Communications. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Peter. Just when you think it's going to calm down, it goes crazy again, Washington, D.C. Why do you think that is? You know, I think it is because of who's controlling the narrative. And I I can kind of walk you through a little introduction here um, on what has what has happened in Washington and how, from a PR perspective, Trump has has driven the narrative. We should be sitting here today, uh, Peter, talking about uh, the funding bill or uh, tied that to to DACA. We should be sitting here talking about the market going down 600 points. We should be sitting here talking about the flu epidemic uh, in your in your local area in Allentown. We should be even talking about you know the the crazy uh, tweet that Paul Ryan uh, you know did uh, about a woman in in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, or about the sexual harassment scandal that now has hit, you know, Wynn Hotels, the RNC, the uh, the Humane Society. Or we should be talking about the fact that James Comey avoided for years the complaints at the FBI about the sexual harasser and uh, and abuser Larry Nasser. There are good stories out there. We should look at the jobs report. We should find out why Wells Fargo, you know, abuses their their customers, uh, uh, the the arrest in Iran, the uh, the what is going to be no more water in uh, in South Africa, or or even positive things. Amazon's billion dollars in quarterly profits, and Apple's twenty billion dollars in profits. Uh, we could even talk about you know Hillary Clinton and, and her avoiding a, a sexual harasser or. Secretary Tillerson down in Mexico begging for for friendship, but we're not. We're not. What we're going to do today is this. We're going to turn on our television sets at 4 or 5 or 6 o'clock, and we're going to see rich American companies put out a bunch of flags on advertisements and try to get us to buy their products. The ads won't be anything about the products, but... They will be picturing a gorgeous America out there with animals, with with uh, 
with uh, veterans and such. But in effect, what we really have here uh, is not what you're going to see, the imagery there, the pageantry there. We have a divided America. Um, and we have an America that, shockingly, I'll tell you, is not assessed in the world as a democracy. You know, less than 5% of the world, according to a Stanford study, lives in democracy. 89 of 167 nations have gone down in their ratings. Norway is number one. 14 out of the 19 real democracies, authentic democracies, not like the United States. Those are in Europe. The U.S. placed on this list 21st place, and after 19, they're known as flawed democracies. Okay, And so we are a flawed democracy today. We're not as bad as Indonesia, who went from 48 to 68, but we are... Uh, we are being you know, judged uh, for, I think, what people now see is happening in this country. The president is all about PR. He can fly to Davos, and he looked terrified in front of those CEOs, people who he aspires to be like, um, and, and deliver a message that is calm, that is straightforward, um, that is clean. But when he gets back here, he then starts his Joe McCarthy tactics. I am not necessarily a liberal. I'm not a progressive. What I am is a moderate. And this is my assessment. Look who was the consigliere of Joe McCarthy. It was Roy Cohn. Roy Cohn, for your audience, mentored Donald Trump. Okay? Roy Cohn went too far and eventually went after a storied institution, the military. Donald Trump has gone too far and gone after a storied uh, uh, institution, the Department of Justice and the FBI. And it's working. It's working what he's doing. A survey monkey poll this week a G, uh, said that only 38% of GOP uh, voters favor the, uh, the, have a favorable uh, look at the Justice Department. And, uh, and 47% have an unfavorable look at it. Democrats, only 64% favor it, 14% are against it. By the way, that's an amazing switch that the Democrats, the progressives, the liberals like law enforcement at this point. Um, it's kind of like the switch that's happened with our opinion of Russia. For years, it was the Democrats, the liberals, the progressives who backed Russia. Now the other side is, is, uh, is uh, backing a more totalitarian state. But Trump has won. He has tarnished the legitimacy of the Mueller investigation, and that's what he is uh, is been focused on. He used a proxy war this week. Representative Devin Nunes, with what we'll talk about later, as the as the uh, the Pfizer memo. Okay, he will uh, he he put that out, and with that, Americans' opinion, uh, what no matter what they read in there. No matter that they read that long before the Pfizer memo, they were in, uh, investigating Papadopoulos um, uh, before they, they then went after his aide, uh, uh, Carter Page. Americans don't really see the specifics. What they hear is that our, uh, uh, this institution is not legitimate and is politicized. So then the PR goes to the State of the Union address, Peter, 75 minutes. And again, I want to stress this. Donald Trump went out the next day on Twitter on what he feels is the PR vehicle of the White House. He doesn't respect Sarah Sanders. He doesn't respect the media. He went out and said 
he was higher rated than the last, uh, if not any other State of the Union. It was lower rated, Mr. Trump, okay? Again, I have backed Republicans. I've backed Democrats. But we need truth here. His State of the Union was a strong speech. It talked about unity first. Even Stephen Miller, okay, somebody who has associated himself, a White House staffer with Nazis, even Stephen Miller knows that Donald Trump's image is so tattered, is so, is in such bad shape, that he didn't focus on Trump when he wrote the speech. What he focused on was other Americans. Instead of talking about the greatness of our country, instead of talking about the greatness of our government, he talked about the greatness of individuals out there. They focused on people constantly, the North Korean defector, the firemen in San Francisco, the Coast Guard person in Houston, Americans who, who guarded other Americans in Las Vegas, a child who went to a, a cemetery uh, for, for veterans. He told the story through other people because he can't tell the story through himself, but he did tell a good story. He was light on policy. He talked about uh, it was the most bizarre back and forth, liberal and conservative policy, paid family leave on the liberal, close Guantanamo on the conservative, expand nuclear capabilities. Again, a story we're not talking about today, the massive expansion of nuclear capabilities that we're going for at the Defense Department. He, 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 he pushed for that. At the same time, he... Uh, he talked from a liberal perspective about helping get committed felons a second chance. I'm not sure what Donald Trump's policy is, but it was received well. And I think the best moments, I think talking about the police officer who adopted a baby girl from a woman addicted to heroin. And for Donald Trump, his best line there, not that I'm agreeing, was Americans are dreamers too. He took a knife and stuck it in the whole dreamer debate and twisted it, okay? But Trump, even though he was successful that day, okay? And, you know, again, he talks about things that aren't true. He keeps saying how black unemployment has gone down. While unemployment stayed steady in the last, uh, in the last uh, jobs report on Friday, black unemployment went up by almost 1%. But whether even when he does well, he steps on his own, Peter, he steps on his own, uh, uh, his own positive because he doesn't necessarily care about the country as a whole. He cares about himself and he stepped on it so he could release the memo. He didn't care about immigration and DACA. He doesn't care about the infrastructure bill. He doesn't care about North Korea and what's happening there. He cares about that it relates to him here, and our country buys it. The insanity of Sean Hannity saying it's greater than Watergate, the insanity, and I stress this, of, of Rachel Maddow saying that this note is going to compromise us in, in terms of national security. So when I end my day here to wrap up, Peter, I look at your city. I look at you have a quarterback at the Philadelphia Eagles who's going to become a pastor after he leaves football. That's a great story. I look at Malcolm Jen Jenkins of, of, your, uh, of your Philadelphia Eagles, and some will criticize him for throwing up his arm. Why don't they read the New York Times and see the work he does in the inner cities? And I commend Brian Dawkins and Terrell Jones, 
who from your your football team is uh, is are joining the Hall of Fame. I look for good stories. What Donald Trump does is he puts out those good stories occasionally, but every time he steps on his headlines because it becomes all too personal for him. And that's what he did two weeks ago when he made the vile comments in the Oval Office about Africa and Haiti. That's what he did this week when he had his proxy war. Devin Nunes go out there and put out a memo that was A, ridiculous, B, it had no substance to it, and C, embarrassed both parties. That's where we are in Washington We're going to show a beautiful America tonight at 6 o'clock with our flags raving. We're not raided around the world as a democracy. We have a president who's more focused on himself than necessarily the country. And that, for your listeners, is not Republican or Democrat, is not not a, uh, a liberal or conservative point of view for me. What it is is wishing that the people you support Okay, to Republicans, the people you support, Donald Trump wishing he would focus on getting an infrastructure bill. Another Amtrak train crash this morning. There was the Amtrak train crash we saw this week in, uh, in Virginia with the congressman. There was the Amtrak train crash in your area in Philadelphia several years ago and in Seattle and Portland on the first day of a new, uh, of a new route this year. This is what we need legislation working together for the future we don't necessarily need to constantly focus on what he's done well in his administration and to focus on him fighting these battles every day against his opponents against the judiciary and against the media why do you think we buy it what is there about human nature um I, I, I'm going to yield back to an extremely controversial comment that Donald Trump made, okay? He said, I don't believe that the American public is that smart, okay? And I think we buy it because the American public is not studied, okay? He says not smart. I say that they do, the American public is not really looking closely at these, at these situations. I also think we buy it because the American public is frustrated with their government institutions and then easily duped in terms of what is the next possible, you know, you and I have talked about it for many, many years. It used to be throw the bums out. Now it's let's find someone who's not even a bum, which he wasn't necessarily, you know, one of the, uh, one of the, the Washington political elite. Um, so there's a myriad of reasons that we buy it. Hope that people have that things will get better. I also think we buy it for another reason. And let your Republican listeners hear this. The economy is going well. The markets, aside from what happened last week, which I attribute to what uh, what happened in terms of building this new healthcare firm between some of the largest com- uh, countries in the world, I think healthier stocks went down, and I think that the uh, the market was a little spooked by the jobs report, even though it was good. But 
in general, I think we buy it because overall things are good in this country, okay? And there are beautiful stories that are going on in robotics, in artificial intelligence, in technology. And I also think even in our nonprofit sector, there's some wonderful things going on. So I think we buy it. And, and, and we buy it for one other reason. I think America has concluded that the person in the White House is a showman, okay? That what I talked to you about there, where he put out the man from North Korea and the, the child who, who went to the Veterans Cemetery, he's a reality TV star, and he thinks he's a political commentator. And I think America has accepted who he is. Um, there. And when I say America is accepted, I understand that the progressives, the liberals, the Democrats haven't necessarily accepted it. And so that brings you your final reason, Peter, because there isn't opposition here. There hasn't been. We've had full shows on it, you and I. They don't exist, unfortunately. And if they did exist, okay, first of all, they don't exist from two levels. A, they don't exist on the Democratic side in that there is not a platform at all to go against Trump, okay, and, and especially an economic platform and, and a, or even a foreign relations platform. They are the party of no now. Um, he, uh, they, they also do not have an individual. They don't have a spark out there. Every one of them that you, you could name is, is in some ways uh, soiled for a different reason. I heard Cory Booker 10 times this week. He's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. Cory Booker takes more money from Wall Street than almost any other senator. So I think he's a wonderful senator. I think he's hardworking. I think he's smart. He's articulate. And he, he, can, he can spin a speech better than even Obama. But until the Democrats find somebody who is not soiled, and that person isn't necessarily another government employee who, I mean, non-government employee like Oprah Winfrey. We need somebody who can, uh, our, you know, who can run our government, who has experience, but who isn't necessarily, uh, you know, soiled here. Even our government has decided that soiled people are okay. We're not going to retry Bob Menendez. Okay, that's their decision. And, and, and clearly, there's something that was wrong there. So there are many, many reasons, Peter, why we buy it, some of them individually and some of them structurally. And you're listening to Conversation here on 94 WIPO Sports Radio. My name's Peter Solomon. My guest this morning, Bob Newman, Newman Communications. Time to check in again on what's going on in Washington, D.C. And again, I want to remind folks, I want to hear from the other side. So if you know someone who thinks Washington is just fine, let me know. I'll put them on the air. Bob, Stormy Daniels, what do you think? You know, you know, I, I, there's got to be something there. Um, I think he, he, he had a relationship um, there. She is enjoying it greatly. You know, you can see that on the late night television shows there. Um, did he make a payment itself? Well, there is a corporation, a Delaware corporation that ties to a check that she received. I don't think Donald Trump pays people checks, uh, especially Donald Trump, who won't pay the architect, who, you know, who basically pushes everybody down in what he owes them. There, there's got to be substance there. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I pulled up the Internet this morning. I saw him uh, selling some pictures on the internet, some about White House, uh, probably a uh, small organization, a White House uh, 
Mementos organization, and he, they have him on there praising the first lady. He obviously wants to get back in uh, her good graces. Some will argue that she didn't go to Davos uh, to the speech because of what had happened. She'll argue she didn't go there because she went to the Holocaust Memorial to do the job she's doing, the job she's doing just fine. Um, so I, I think that there's there's substance there. I think he has a bit of Teflon. It's what you asked me a second ago. I think they accept he is who he is. I was a little horrified, okay, a little bit horrified when I saw CNN's Randy Kay interview four to five uh, women who are evangelical Christians down in Dallas on, on her television show and all of them saying that they have no issue at all with what has happened in terms of his personal life. They put it aside. God forgives him. He's doing Jesus' work. You know, I'm not going to deny, you know, they, their beliefs, okay? What I'm going to deny is that they should in way question moral behavior uh, on, both, uh, on both sides, okay? It shouldn't only be, you know, questioning moral behavior on, uh, of, the, of the left, okay? These problems, whether they be the Me Too problems or whether they be the sexual harassment problems, or whether they be just these these affairs, they happen on both sides, and I wish both sides would have a come to you know what uh, time and uh, and and believe that. But uh, once again, they all want to believe, and uh, he is their leader right now. He is our leader right now, and uh, I think some people to add to the list I gave you a few minutes ago when they see things about Stormy Daniels, they just say, "Can we get through this four years here?" Where I disagree with them is I don't necessarily believe it will be four years. I think he's trending for, for eight years now. People will argue about what his, what his popularity rating is, is uh, there, but he still has a strong 30, you know, almost 40% of the country, and he only needs to turn, you know, others. I think, you know, ground zero of what we're going to see in future years occurs in Pennsylvania, it occurs in Ohio, it occurs in Wisconsin and Michigan, and to date, I don't see it. I see congressmen who are just running off like crazy, including your local congressman, Bob Brady, okay? This is a guy who's been under investigation for many years for what was a contribution to an opponent. You know what? I just think that... Uh, that this entire system is soiled until we get straight-minded people in there, until we get people without baggage in there, Peter, we're going to continue to have this. So compared to even some of the other ones out there, Americans say Trump isn't as bad, and they turn their head when they hear about Stormy Daniels, or they think it's titillating, and, uh, and they all go to Stormy Daniels' website, which has been booming and booming and booming. She's the one who's winning here. America's not winning. Amen. Um, you mentioned Bob Brady, and while he's a Democrat, far more Republicans seem to be abandoning ship than Democrats. They are. There's no doubt. And, and um, what I see is a lot of Democrats who have been involved in some of these scandals. I don't see Democrats necessarily resigning. Um, there's one after the other every single day. You know, Paul Ryan has always been rumored that he could be uh, next to go. We saw this week with Trey Gowdy, you know, who, uh, who we all knew from the Clinton days and on, who has, you know, really bona fides in terms of justice uh, and such. 
I don't know if he's a choice eventually to take over the Justice Department or not. He says he's going to, uh, he's going to go back and, uh, and go practice law at this point. But if Trey Gowdy is saying abandon ship at this point in his cushy career here um, and, and many other Trey Gowdy's with him on the right side, I mean, it is almost inevitable, Peter, that the Republicans will win the Senate, okay? I mean, the, the imbalance there in 2018 is that, you know, 21, 2, or 3 uh, Democratic seats are up, only 7 or 8 or 9 Republican seats are up. But on the House side, it is inevitable that Democrats will win on the House side, A, based on what was the small margin, B, based on the fact that it's a midterm election here, and, and they'll probably win, and C, based on the fact that there have been between 20 and 30, and I don't have my count, we could do it in a couple of months, um, uh, 20 to 30 Republicans who have said they're, uh, they're retiring at this point, and they're of all ages, they're not just uh, old at this point. Some of them are scandal-ridden, and some of them actually are class acts who say, you know what, I've kind of had it here. And while the Senate is trying to put together the Common Sense Coalition led by Susan Collins, the, the House on the other side is becoming far more divided and far more controlled by people like the Freedom Caucus. They inevitably have to know that as they continue to stand with their beliefs on the far right side, that what is going to happen is they will lose the House. And when they lose the House, you know that there will be impeachment votes immediately. Not necessarily removal of the president, but again, he's, he's very much a... Uh, a, a question once that happens, if he himself will abandon ship. This is true. I was his concern about his own image. I can't see him feeling very good about it in potential impeachment vote. No, I, I, I really see him him trying to find a, a, a way out to blame, you know, the fake news, to blame the media, to blame his opponents. OK, but he he really thrives on the fight, too. You know, he, he thinks he rouses and amuses his supporters with feuds and wars, his tweets and his grievances. Um, he, he calls out the fake news wars with the press while, you know, at the same time, uh, um, you know, betraying a complete and befuddled, you know, yearning for, for their approval all, all the time. And he is Nixon when it comes to, uh, to, to them. He's, he's relished the role as, as divider. Um, you know, when you, when you run for office, you can do that, but you really shouldn't do that, Peter, while you're in office. You should bring in the, uh, the other side. You know, his supporters, they need to be frank with him about, about his flaws. Um, they're 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 so used to defending him they forget uh, to help him uh, in a way that uh, would would really compliment him with his candor and uh, and none of them will uh, will do it they don't want to be the next one on the bad side of a of a tweet so that's the Donald Trump out there who has a great time every day especially at the hour we're at now um, you know picking fights with the NFL picking fights with uh, with with his own party and people like Senator Flake and Senator Corker, if he doesn't have that mantle anymore after impeachment, if he is further weakened, he weakens himself now, as I did in the in the opening uh, discussion. 
if he is weakened by others and if the party starts to run from him, I can't see Donald Trump staying in Washington. You know, it's very easy to look at his travel schedule and know he has spent one third of his time as president at a Trump property. And so this is not necessarily what he wants to do. Um, Remember, you brought up Stormy Daniels. Okay, look at that. The president really is used to his own freedom. He doesn't have a lot of that right now. I mean, there's somebody standing right outside the door. Okay, of the uh, of the personal uh, quarters, and and uh, while you know we may assess what Jack Kennedy did in the uh, in the White House pool, this is not easy for Trump. So I see if his ratings uh, continue to go down. And by the way, for your audience who's Republican, I want to say this pretty loud. Okay, he should relish everything he's done. He should relish the fact that he's totally redone the second level of the judiciary that uh, all the seats were, were open on the bench from Obama. He should relish his Supreme Court appointee. He should relish the tax cuts and all that is being done from companies to give, a, uh, to give bonuses and, to, and to, to, raise, uh, to raise wages. He should relish all of those things. He should relish the changes he's made throughout the world and the impact he's had on it from his own perspective. Unfortunately, he can't do that. He ends up, once again, as we talked about earlier, in personal fisticuffs, and that's where the impeachment eventually will come. Your audience may say they won't find something. You know what? They'll always find something that they can they can put forth uh, here. The Mueller investigation will give them something. Bob Mueller doesn't do the job not to get somebody. Patrick Sullivan, when he was going after Scooter Libby uh, for, for years and years and years, eventually just came up with either an obstruction charge or a, a lying charge. There will be something in the end, and Congress will jump on that if they become Democrat. Somehow we seem to go from the big picture to the little picture, and I want to ask you a little picture question. Sure. Donald Trump's wanting to borrow a painting from the National Gallery for the private quarters, and they're saying no and offering him the solid gold toilet instead. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think it's – well, I mean, honestly, I, I think that it, it, it's a, it shows the, the disrespect that he, he has. It shows that uh, the continuation of America becoming a reality TV show, it shows that they're, they're playing on, on him and, and getting, getting press for it. Um, I mean, these institutions like the National Gallery or the Kennedy Center, I mean, was he at the Kennedy Center Honors? No, he skipped it, okay? I think these these storied Washington institutions, uh, you know, clearly, um, you know, clearly turn him down for, uh, for, for, for what he wants. And uh, I would look more at, at Donald Trump argues that he, he made cost cuts constantly with Air Force One. I mean, if you want to go personal here or, or small, okay? And then to, uh, to find that there's a refrigerator that's going in there that is tens of millions of dollars or so on Air Force One, you know, that, that doesn't jive necessarily. So I think you have Washington who gets a huge kick out of uh, – out of playing Donald Trump every day, and that's where that story came from. But if the president wants a uh, wants a, a painting from uh, from the gallery, they should have said yes. But it really does say something about respect for our institutions. Um, 
whether he caused that or whether they're playing on that from their own progressive perspective, um, it says something sad about where we are as as uh, as a people, where we're at as a government, and where we're at just really as individuals with this kind of stuff back and forth. I saw the picture of the gold toilet. I just couldn't look at it too long because I knew, you know, this was really going down a uh, a bad hole. No pun intended. Amen. And you're listening to conversation here on 94 WIP. My guest this morning, Bob Newman. We're talking Washington, D.C. politics. And if you can't talk about Washington, D.C. and politics without talking about Donald Trump, I'm not sure what you can do. All right. Melania, you think she's doing a good job? Yeah, I really do. I, I, you know what? I, I think I, I, I do. I don't think Melania is just a flower. I think she's cut her, her staff a little bit, okay? I think that Melania day-to-day takes on the responsibilities, okay? She doesn't get the press for going to – and I, she gets the press for the shoes she's wearing. She doesn't get them for going and sitting with women in prisons. She doesn't go uh, get the press uh, or they make fun of her that she's out on the White House lawn with, with children of color who are replanting uh, Michelle Obama's uh, so-called garden, although it really isn't Michelle Obama's garden. The garden's been there, been there for years. Um, and she, you know, goes to the Holocaust Memorial on the days and is, and is moved by it. I think she's... She's doing the the duties of a first lady. I think where she needs to be evaluated in one year, Peter, is um, was there an initiative that she ended up taking? She started with the bullying, but we knew that that was, you know, taken in a a wrong way because her husband is really bullying chief. Okay. Um, I I think if if she, A, performs the, the, the basic duties every day of touching people's lives, and B, if she performs the duties of of, uh, of of finding an initiative, and there there are ones, I I don't have them, and she's really even even pivoted to some other initiatives. I think that that's fine. I also think that what what America misses is they look at the scowl, they look at her being upset, and they think that Melania Trump isn't necessarily engaged or involved. I will guarantee you she's in the top five calls, even if they're not in the same bedrooms every night, okay, that he does check in with her to see if, uh, you know, to, to get her opinion. He's a caller. He's a talker. She's right there in the White House. I think that she weighs in. Let's also add to the fact, okay, and it's important to know if we compare it with Jackie Kennedy, that she is raising a child in the White House. So she does, like Michelle Obama, have to, you know, maintain, you know, that. Um, do they have the perfect marriage? No, they don't. I mean, would you want to be on, uh, on uh, you know, out there now when the Stormy Daniels of the world and who knows who's next to come are, are out there? No, Hillary Clinton didn't either here. But um, Hillary Clinton as first lady, you know, made, made, you know, brash comments about I'm not a Tammy Wynette. Okay, Hillary Clinton also worked with with guys like Ira Magaziner on the health care bill. And that was her sole reason for being in the White House, because she wanted to use it as a jumping off point to get into politics, to become a senator, to become secretary of state, to run for president twice. That's not Melania Trump. So I kind of judge her not on 
being a politician, but on does she perform the duties correctly? Is she dignified? Yes. Does she perform the duties correctly? Yes. Does she have an initiative? We'll have to see. How about the rumor she spent several nights in a hotel after Stormy Daniels broke? Sure, I, I, it, it, I don't know that she did, and and can't uh, can't can't say that she did. It's unfortunately, I wouldn't want to be part of that in a marriage. Have never been part of that in a marriage uh, here. Did she need to go out and get a breather? Did she need to get away from him and not go to Davos? Sure, and uh, I think that. You know, before Peter, before she is the first lady, I think we probably have to recognize she is a human being out there. And, you know, as a as a human being, this pressure cooker that she is in, that is the White House, that is Washington, um, is a pretty tough one, no matter how much staff you have to push off what these what these inquiries are. She not only is in the White House, but she's in the White House with a president who thrives on conflict, okay? She's not only in in the White House with a president who thrives on conflict, she is in with one who's being investigated and one who is, um, you know, for for years has really made made litigation, you know, part of what he he does every day. so this is not an easy life at all. Her, her personal life after the Stormy Daniels thing is plastered on the front page. I can see how she might escape if that story is, uh, is true. But here's the other thing. I don't know if I believe a lot of stories in, in Washington. And I say that because, you know, it's, it's a place that doesn't always, you know, thrive on legitimacy. Okay, I mean, you know, we have this memo that went out this week, this Devin Nunes memo. I don't think he read the entire Pfizer application. Okay, and then the question with the Pfizer application is, did the judge even base it on anything else than other than Christopher Steele and what what his uh, his information was, who had been an FBI source in the past? So you asked the question early on, which is, um, you know, uh, how, how do Americans keep, you know, keep going with this? I think Americans and the world, as, as shown in the democracy study by Stanford University, is looking at all of this and saying, wow, they're not even making decisions. They're not even – many decisions are made based on, on rumors. I mean, it was a congressman a few weeks ago um, – who uh, Johnson, that senator, who came out with something that a day later he said, oh, it must have been a joke. I think this was the conversation actually between Peter Strzok and, and Lisa Page. And so Washington is running on a rumor mill every day. It's hard enough when it does that in terms of administration, in terms of policy, but then when it gets into your personal life in the rumor mill, I... I, I don't know how an individual, you know, does this. If you look, Peter, and you want to focus on the first lady, if you look at the Michael Wolf book, and I believe again that a percentage of that book, 20, 30 percent, is probably not true. Okay, or it's somebody trying to get somebody, and he just put it into the uh, to the book. Um, I, I I would say, you know, at, at that point, um, you know. 
your personal life, it's hard to survive it. I mean, there's rumors that Michael Wolff have put out and even been cut off by MSNBC that the president is having affairs with the U.N. ambassador, Nikki Haley, okay, of what I would tell you is an absurd rumor, just a crazy rumor. You know, they spent a little time together, a lot of time together the first the first weeks. Well, they spent too much time together. Well, A, he was interviewing her, and B, she was an opponent. She had first, you know, backed uh, Ted Cruz, and then she had backed, backed Marco Rubio. I think he wanted to make sure he had the right person, and he actually got a great person for that job. So if I'm Melania Trump and I'm hearing about his affairs with Nikki Haley, his what, with the payoffs that he's done with Stormy Daniels and such, I think, you know, she is a human being and she's going to run for the, uh, for the hills and try to get a breather. And it's no different than that storied photo of Bill and Hillary with Chelsea in the middle and the dog in front walking out uh, of the White House after the Monica Lewinsky story happened. All right. Um, the FBI, I want to go back to that. Sure. Number two, being fired. What do you think happened? Oh, you know, Andrew McCabe was going to resign in March. Now, I mean, you know, for your audience, Andrew McCabe's wife was running in a in a uh, state legislative race and was heavily supported by Terry McAuliffe, the Clinton file, who is governor of uh, of of uh, of the state of Virginia. And she she lost. But it became controversial, okay, um, based on that that McCabe should necessarily be the one who is either running the investigation of Trump, you know, had had ignited the investigation originally with Peter Strzok in July of 2016. Um, Let's take a step back, 30,000 feet, wonderful public servant, Andrew McCabe, okay? I mean, been there, been there for many, many, many years. But I got to tell you, I mean, this is a group who's always worked together, okay? Comey? McCabe, Mueller, and, and Rosenstein, too. They've always, you know, been, been, been together. And I think, you know, interestingly enough, what people don't know out there is the president's appointment, Christopher Wray, has been one of them. I am not sure why I appointed him. I remember Joe Lieberman didn't want to take the job and stuff. I want to bring people back to the Bush administration when Comey and Mueller showed up at the hospital room of John Ashcroft and, and Alberto Gonzalez came on behalf of the president and they were arguing about, uh, about uh, the, uh, uh, the way in which we do uh, you know, investigations after 9-11 um, and, and, and re-signing a bill that would allow uh, you know, some, uh, some real tough, uh, some tough ta- tactics. When, when they showed up and they said both of them were going to quit um, to Ashcroft if if uh, if they uh, if the White House didn't stand down in terms of what what they were proposing, Christopher Ray, the FBI director, looked at them and he was I think either Deputy Attorney General or Assistant Attorney General, uh, working with Comey and working with. Uh, with uh, Mueller, he looked at them and said, you know, when are we all going to quit? I'm here for you if, you if you want us to. I'm bringing this up because even the person who the president appointed as FBI director really has deep Washington roots in the government. He wasn't just a private lawyer. And in, in the end, will side with um, 
the kind of Comey and, uh, and, and Mueller team. By the way, I think it's – I understand he's a private citizen, but these investigations are going, are going on now. I have a problem with the fact that Joe, James Comey tweets every day about this. I have a problem with the fact that he's writing a book in a couple months about it. I wish it could all, the Mueller investigation, could be tightened up and buttoned down before he was out there. So, so when it comes to Andrew McCabe, to bring it back to your question, he is one of them. And it's a difficult thing for the President of the United States to look over to the Justice Department, have uh, Sessions in charge, have criticized Sessions, and then know that not only is the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein looks like he has his daggers out for the president, that, that uh, these, these tweets and emails are going back and forth between lead investigators Peter Strzok and the FBI lawyer Lisa Page, and then to know that Andrew McCabe has personal political roots here, fact that he was ready to resign within a month or two, I think is, is, is appropriate. Now, let's, let's go on from Andrew McCabe. If the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who was a long-term U.S., the longest-serving U.S. attorney, I uh, was in Maryland for many, many, many years over two to three different administrations, if he is fired here, I think that's when the cookies will start to crumble, Peter. That's when you're starting to look at Saturday Night Massacre stuff. That's when, if um, if uh, McCabe will be gone, if Rosenstein is, is pushed out, at that point the president will look for a number two to supervise the investigation who will get rid of Mueller if the president eventually has had it with what the Mueller investigation is doing. And that's when you're going to see what happened back with uh, Nixon, where, you know, one will be fired after the other until someone eventually decides to do the job uh, of, of taking him out. Do I think he will, he will uh, fire Rosenstein? What has come up in the last weeks in Washington is all this talk about the president wanted to fire Mueller last spring, and um, and it was stopped uh, almost a year ago in the spring. It was stopped by the White House counsel, Don McGahn, who himself threatened to quit because he knew that that would bring on a constitutional crisis. So we haven't come to the, the end of it. McCabe, I think, it is the right time. He, he's fully vested for in March. Time for him to go. He has served this country well. They should get somebody in with Christopher Ray. Not that necessarily supports the president, but seems to be less politicized if they can do it. I don't know why he put Christopher Ray in. I think he's been politicized in his entire career at the, at the FBI. I think he, they did because the White House eventually gave up and couldn't get a political appointee necessarily to take the job who wouldn't lose a Senate seat like they did when they started to offer the job to Texas Senator John Cornyn. And um, so the, you've seen this a couple of times where the president eventually says, fine, so-and-so can take the job, and they're not necessarily a supporter, so it continues this politicalization of institutions in Washington, like the Justice Department and the FBI, which shouldn't necessarily be going on. So what I'm telling your audience is this. 
I'm not necessarily wholly blaming the President of the United States for what seems to be the corruption here at Justice and uh, at the FBI. At all levels, there are wonderful, 98% wonderful, you know, public servants who are doing jobs every day investigating terror, um, investigating uh, crimes throughout the United States, looking at our civil rights uh, and such. Um, and there's, there's a lot going on in the Justice Department that people don't really see positively going on. There are hate crimes. There are KKK things that even uh, Attorney General Sessions is prosecuting. So there's a lot of good. What's happened is because of our 24-hour cable culture and our social media culture, anybody who is suspect out there and McCabe was suspect um, is going to be moved out. I'm just hoping the president takes his staff's recommendation. I want to make a comment on that, okay? I hope he takes his staff's recommendation on keeping people in and he doesn't create the constitutional crisis. Donald Trump doesn't do that. He doesn't take his people's recommendation. His director of national intelligence, former Senator Dan Coats of Indiana, this week made a recommendation not to put out that Devin Nunes uh, uh, to, to uh to have that memo go uh, go out, and the president went against him. So I'm not guaranteeing you here today that the next time we talk, Rod Rosenstein or Bob Mueller won't be out of uh, their jobs. This is a president, as I said in the monologue, he focuses far more on himself uh, than he necessarily does on the country as a uh, whole. If he wants to clean up these institutions, there's a way to do it. But just like they are politicizing it, he's more personally politicizing it, and he should work through the channels to get it done, just like he's doing on the judicial level, just like he does with his other appointments. But this president really doesn't have the intestinal fortitude to do it. When someone comes after him, he's rare for the fight. So to sum it up, Rod Rosenstein, Christopher Ray, probably even Jeff Sessions, to start looking for boxes to pack in. You know, I said that the last time we last week about Jeff Sessions, and they were like, no, that's not going to happen. He's such a, you know, no. I believe the president has blamed him for accusing himself in the Russian investigation. And for your audience, the reason the number two it's Justice Department, Rod Rosenstein, is, again, not a fan of the president, and he became the number two. Interesting. Okay. The reason he's in charge of the Russian investigation is Attorney General Jeff Sessions, the former senator from Alabama, he um, recused himself because he had had talks with Russians during the campaign and, and such. I think the president blames him from the beginning. He would not mind finding somebody for that job. You know, the president was ready to move out Secretary Tillerson, okay? And he was ready to put in CIA Director Mike Pompeo into the job and then Senator Tom Cotton into the CIA job. He's held back on that because there are bigger fish to fry, and he doesn't want everything caving in at one time. And I think uh, that, you know, in terms of the boxes you just referred to, that is at justice at this point. I think cleaning up that. The president has a fundamental misunderstanding of what Justice Department does and what his White House counsel does. Okay, the president believes they're his personal lawyers. No, you know Michael Cohen is his personal lawyer. Okay, or or Ty Cobb is is his White House lawyer for himself and for the investigations. These aren't 
the, the, the people like Don McGahn at the White House, he is White House counsel, just like John Kelly is White House chief of staff. He's not Don Trump's chief of staff. He's, you know, there. And you know, at Justice Department, the president believes, just like he said to, uh, to Director Comey when he was there, he expects loyalty, the responsibility of General Sessions, you know, Attorney General Sessions and Rod Rosenstein, as well as at the FBI, Christopher Wray, and everybody under them is to be the law enforcement authority for the country, not necessarily the tool of the president of the United States, which Peter brings us back to the beginning of the conversation when I talked about democracies, when I talked about that Stanford study and the fact that we are rated a flawed democracy. This is where it all comes together, okay? We are rated there because this is how, in the last year, year and a half, we've dealt with these institutions in more of an authoritarian way, which goes back to more of what I said sounded like the, the McCarthy area. To, to Republicans, your president of the United States has done a good job. Your president of the United States has, uh, our president of the United States, to our commander-in-chief, has done things and, and, and pushed, you know, pencils, you know, with North Korea and, and others that may well, what's his name, be positive in the end if he could get out of his own way and not step on his headlines, as I said, we would have a successful uh, country and a successful government, and we'd go up from number 21 in the flawed and back to being a democracy. Unfortunately, the individual we know does not have the potential, uh, I mean, the capability to do that. And I'd like to say thank you to Bob Newman, my spin doctor in all things political, for being with us here this morning. And, Bob, well, it's always delightful to have you on the show. Hopefully things will calm down enough that we can see you next month, not sooner. <laughs> and, 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 and what I was going to say to you in conclusion is, and I say this as a Bostonian, I really wish the best of luck. I love the underdog. So if, if the Patriots don't win today, no one more than seeing Philadelphia win this game today uh, with our relationship, you and I, and with WIP and with all your listeners. It would be wonderful if you all brought a championship to Philadelphia tonight. Um, so the best of luck, and uh, I hope everybody has a wonderful day, and especially they remain safe. And I hope on top of it, because we didn't touch on it, that the Olympics that are coming up in Seoul, South Korea, that remains a calm time. Everyone remains safe, and there aren't any incidents that are tied to that situation either. So let's get back to to sports being a real highlight for us and not something that has necessarily divided us. Thank you, Bob Newman. Take care. And you've been listening to Conversation here on 94 WIPO Sports Radio. My name's Peter Solomon. Stay tuned for WIP Sunday. If you can't, nothing left to say, but see you soon.